What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back or potentially here for the first time for some of you. Um, <laughs> a little bit of technical difficulty, so hopefully it's working now um, and people can see us. So um, I'm just going to check on the uh, on the Facebook page real quick just to make sure that we are live now this time. Um, yes, okay. All right, so we're actually live this time and people can actually watch. Um, we just all, all we've done so far is the recap, so we've done all the recap. Um, I will share that video on the page. So if you want to see the Packers recap, um, talking about the three stars, um, talking about some things that we've seen improve, talked about, we did talk about special teams. Um, but basically if you want to see, you know, the recap of the Packers bears game and our three stars of the game, um, you know, we, we talked about that. So, um, I will share that video on the page later so that, you know, if you want to get the Packers recap, you can do that. And we are going to jump back into previewing the Packers offense versus the Ravens defense. So, um, James, what's up? We'll get to the we'll get to the Bucks and Celtics. Um, definitely going to be an interesting conversation with the Bucks. But um, let's talk Packers Ravens. Packers Ravens. Okay, so first of all, welcome everybody. Uh, yeah, like Tyler <laughs> said, we have some def- technical difficulty. Uh, you guys will enjoy that recap. That was a lot of fun. Uh, sad you guys weren't here to see that. But Packers-Ravens, it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, we can get two different games, really, um, all depending on the quarterback. Uh, the Ravens have had a ton of injuries throughout the year, losing a ton of running backs and other number of other players. So Lamar Jackson Got really has kind of yeah, kind of really put this thing together with some spit and glue and kind of really, really willed them to 8-5. and five. But to me, they're not a scary team. Uh, Packers are favored by four and a half going into this game. So if you know anything about betting, they usually give the home team three points. So the Packers are really favored in this game because they are going to Baltimore. The over-under is at 43.5. And it's a 325 game on Fox. Uh, we get Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Yay. Yeah. 
But, uh, you know, the thing about the Ravens' defense is they are awful against the pass. And we have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and a number of other good players on offense. And they are very, very good against the run. They are the first, number one, best against the run. So we're going to have to throw the ball, it looks like. The uh, floor won't just go away from the run. He will mix it in a little bit. But I think we're going to see a lot of Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams this week. Which is good because I snuck into one of my playoffs in one of my leagues, baby. And I have Devontae Adams. Are you not going to be in the uh, Wisco Fanatics playoffs? So Definitely not in that playoffs, no. <laughs> I think I'm in that playoffs. I think so. Um, I'll have to double check. Um, but looking for the Packers offense, this is where I, I get to bust out some of my Aaron Rodgers stats that I told you that I had. And <clears throat> before I get to that, um, we talked about we talked about Alan Lazard. It seemed like he just needed to be back to 100%, and now he's back to producing. Um, we're, it's going to be more A.J. Dillon as the lead back and just using Aaron Jones in important situations and working him in. Um, so the thing, yeah, you know, Jake already mentioned that the Ravens are not a good pass defense. They are, I think they're 29th in interceptions. They, they just don't get any. Um, yeah. <laughs> So Rodgers said his toe was a pain management issue, but since he's had that toe issue, he's averaging a 69.7 completion percentage, 344 yards, and 3.33 touchdowns since he's had the toe issue. So, you know, it's it's an issue, but, you know, it's also kind of not as big of an issue. Um, yeah. <clears throat> David Bakhtiari is practicing today. Yes, sir. Go, so baby. this might be the first week that we see him pop up on the injury report as questionable and not out. So we'll see what happens. I'm not I'm not expecting him to play. Um, I'm really still looking looking towards that uh, that Cleveland game as when I'm thinking that uh, um, Bakhtiari will be back. Um, what a Christmas present uh, that would be, huh? <laughs> that would be a nice Christmas present. Yeah, here you go. You get the best left tackle in the NFL. Oh, and then um, here's the, here's the best corner in the league too. <laughs> yeah, um, J- ah, yeah. Jair might Jair might play this week. I think oh, he's no. maybe they'll use him on a snap count, but I think Jair's going to play this week. Um, uh, all right, you ready for you ready for some nuts statistics? I'm going to do one for Devontae ready. and then two for Aaron Rodgers. I'm always so, ready, baby. Devontae Adams last three games. This is in three games. Mm-hmm. 25 catches, 340 yards, and four touchdowns. Pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> if he had good. done that across this entire season, he would have met my bold prediction that I made way back in August. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't say anything else good about Devontae Adams. He's, no. His route running is insane. Absolutely insane. Um, I mentioned it in the in the recap that Devontae Adams has the most catches of 30-plus yards in the NFL this year, so he's um, deep threat. So look for Rodgers to take some deep shots to Devontae. Um, mm-hmm. Jake, say your, say your crazy stat again because that one, uh, that's Adams? still just – that's insane. Yeah, say your Devontae Adams stat okay. again. Okay, so Devontae Adams <clears throat> has not dropped a 20-plus yard pass, a pass at least 20 yards on the field. This is all of them. Right, he has not dropped a pass 
20 plus yards down the field since week five of 2018. I was living in a completely different city in 2018. <laughs> now I live with a woman and have a baby. Devontae Adams hasn't dropped a pass in that amount of time. Holy camoly. Well, a deep pass, but that's just that's that's nasty. That's a nasty stat, dude. How many how many consecutive has he caught? Ninety straight. Ninety. Think about that. He is easily the best deep threat in the league. And everybody talks about Tyree Kill because he's fast, right? Tyree Kill drops them every once in a while. Devontae Adams does not. And he's had some tough ones, dude. Think about last year, the one against the Eagles, against in yep, between two that's the people. the first one that I thought of. That was nuts. I'm like, what? Dude, this guy hasn't dropped 90. 90 straight. Dude, go back to, was it 2019 against the Eagles, too, where Rodgers threw one behind the Eagles cornerback that, Rod, or that Devontae caught, like behind the Eagles' defensive back that was in the, in the end zone? Oh, I know which one you're talking about. I think that what that might have been 2018, actually. But yeah, I remember that one. I remember that one. So I mean, Rogers does some some dirty things with the football. And that being said, <clears throat> so Rogers now has ten, ten or more win seasons. So Rogers has won ten games in a season, ten times now. So That's a stat. there are, there are four quarterbacks that have done that. Rodgers is not one of them. Can you name the other three? They're kind of obvious, but Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and Tom yep. Brady. Yeah, those are the three. Nice. So now those three are also only players that have more twenty-five touchdown seasons than Aaron Rodgers. I was in an argument like two weeks ago with somebody who said Dan Marino was better than Aaron Rodgers. Dude, I'm, I hate the people that argue that Drew Brees is better. Come on, man. You don't actually think that, do you? James, comment. You don't actually think Drew Brees is better than Aaron Rodgers, right? I really hope not. I really severely hope not, dude. I don't want to murder anybody on live right now. <laughs> <laughs> and as, as far as pure football playing is concerned, I don't think Tom Brady is better than Aaron Rodgers either. In terms of skill, like yes. straight up just skill, no As nothing else included. Rogers, that's why they call him the boat. They call him the best of all time, because yes. he he can he just does things that you're not supposed to. Like uh, earlier when we were doing, you know, when we weren't live, apparently, um, you brought up that pass he threw to Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. and you're just thinking about that as like a quarterback, right? You're th- put yourself in a coach's coach's shoes, right? They're not supposed to throw that. They're not. He's covered technically on that play. And Rodgers yeah. is just like, oh, that big chunky guy is going to guard my running back? Okay. And then it just goes into a touchdown. And you're just like, this guy's fucking incredible. I fucking love this guy. Please stay here for another four years. Please. I'm begging you. Oh, my God. Dude, Aaron Rodgers is fucking filthy, dude. I, I can't say it any other way. He is filthy. I love him. My girlfriend was making a joke. All right, I'm just going to say it. I don't even care. I'm not embarrassed. This is funny. This is great content. <laughs> My girlfriend told me that she was going to Oh man. She was going to buy me about this. So She was going to buy me boxers with Aaron Rodgers face on it. That's messed up. Here's the next one. This one's real bad. She was going to buy me a blow-up doll with Aaron and, and tape Aaron Rodgers face on it because I talk about Aaron Rodgers so much in our house. 
I'm like, what? That's mean as hell, bro. Like, we have an Aaron Rodgers calendar, dude. I love Aaron Rodgers. That's my boy, man. I don't know which one of those things concerns me more. Dude, the blow-up doll is definitely worse. The blow-up doll is definitely worse, bro. I'm like, bro, really? That's That's how you think of me? I love you, and that's how you think of me? Man, that's crazy. <laughs> hey, my girlfriend's a savage, but you get—you literally get the most savage from your loved ones, right? Because you're around them all the time. They say it's a sign of a healthy relationship, so good for you, bud. Hey, if she wants to roast me, she better be able to take it, because you know how I do. <laughs> all right, so the Packers can clinch the division with a win this week. Um, wouldn't be surprising. The rest of the NFC North sucks, so there's that. Um, yep. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, it's really going to be more of the same. It's going to be balance, using your playmakers when you need big plays, and other guys showing up and stepping up when they can. Yes, sir. All right, and hopefully Bakhtiari is back this week. So, Hope so. All right, what? Do you want to say about the Packers defense versus the Ravens offense? Got basically two scenarios kind of going on here, but let's talk about the Packers defense. Okay, so no matter who the quarterback is, you know who the playmakers are on this team. Um, Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, um, he's a deep threat. Um, he's basically like, I would call him the, the Kroger's, you know, we'll keep it Wisconsin here. Um, he's the Kroger's version of Tyreek Hill. He's a little fast guy that likes to go deep, and he's just really – He's really faster than almost everybody that he goes up against. So we're going to have to match up Stokes with him because we're going to need somebody that can run. Yep. And then Mark Andrews, he's really, really the main piece in that passing game. Uh, he works the middle. He works deep. Um, he works intermediate. He does it all. Mark Andrews, I feel like he's one of those guys. What's up, Isaac? Um, he's one of those guys that doesn't get enough love. I mean, everybody talks about the top three tight ends, right? Yep. You know, you, you got Waller, you got Kelsey, you got Kittle, and those are probably the top three. I'm not going to argue with you there, but Mark Andrews yep. is solid four, at number yeah. four. After that, it's it's Hawkinson and, and Mark Andrews. So Yeah, and, I, and <clears throat> I'm not saying this because I don't like the Lions. I'm saying this because I think he's better. Mark Andrews is consistent. He's a, he's a big dude, and he's athletic. Um, he made one of the craziest catches against the Browns a couple weeks ago uh, where Lamar kind of just threw it up. And there was a PI in the corner, grabbed him, and he caught it with one hand falling to the ground, getting defensive pass interference. And I was like, that was filthy. Like, Mark Andrews is a bad dude. Um, we need Josh Jackson. No, we actually don't need Josh Jackson against Mark Andrews. That nope, would be bad. Nobody needs, nobody needs Josh Jackson. Yeah, the Giants didn't even want him. They're freaking awful. So, anyways, uh, got to stop Mark Andrews, and you got to stop Marquise Brown. Do not let him take you deep. And, you know, after that, it's really just if Lamar's playing, he I heard I was reading and I heard on get up this morning that uh, uh, he might only be 70 percent if he plays this week. So if we're getting a 70 percent Lamar Jackson, I don't know if that's good enough to beat the Packers. I'm going to be honest with you. And and this defense. Yeah. So, you know, 70 percent, that's that's all right. Um, <clears throat> as far as the Packers defense is concerned, um, Josh, if I had to make a guess when Jair returns, I would say it's this week. Um, my thought is, is he returns this week and he plays on a snap count. Um, now that he's practiced all of last week, all of this week, um, that would be my, my thought would be that he's here on a snap count. 
Um, maybe, you know, maybe just play on first and second down type thing, you know, um, you know, throw him out there and see if he, if he gets the name recognition of being Jair Alexander. So people don't throw at him. Um, something like that. Um, as far as what Jake already said, um, Eric Stokes is going to be on Hollywood Brown. That's a matchup. It's going to be fun to watch, honestly. Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of a test for for Eric Stokes to, to play against one of the fastest receivers in the NFL. And then, you know, it's going to be the linebackers and Adrian Amos working on Mark Andrews. Um, if Tyler Huntley ends up being the starting quarterback, Mark Andrews is going to be his safety blanket. So he's going oh, to yeah. get probably double-digit targets in this game. Oh, yeah. 100%. And then it'll probably be Rasul Douglas matched up with uh, Rashad Bateman, um, the rookie from – he's from Minnesota, right? Mm. That's who the so Packers are projecting the pick, actually. Yeah. So, for me, there's a there's just a handful of things that I'm looking at. Uh, one being the Packers getting pressure on the quarterback, regardless of who it is. Um, two, Baltimore's offense, their rushing offense, is built around the quarterback. Their, yeah. their leading rusher is Lamar Jackson. That's not going to change. Um, if they end up running with Tyler Huntley, that'll be different, but not a ton different. Um, most teams choose backups that play somewhat similar to their starters because they have them in that system for a reason. Um, yep. <laughs> and Huntley almost led a comeback last week. So that's, you know, the Packers are still going to have to come to play if Lamar Jackson doesn't play. Looking at this game, points scored, points allowed, Time of possession, it's they're almost exactly similar across the board between the Packers and the Ravens. So these are both teams that want to extend drives, um, you know, and just beat you with balance. Um, albeit a little bit different in the way where you know instead of using running backs, they use their quarterback. But you know, just the balance between the run and the pass. Mm-hmm. The difference that I I think here two things I already kind of mentioned um, the pass rush, so getting pressure. Um, I mentioned this in the in the recap that Preston Smith had 29 quarterback pressures all of last season. He has 29 pressures this year in the last four games. Yeah. So looking for more Preston Smith. What I want to see is if you could change one thing or you know add another skill to Rashawn Gary, what would it be? I mean, he's fast. I guess I would just make him a little bit better against the run. You know, stringing That's those, exactly those it. That's exactly it. That's what I wrote in my notes was I want to see Rashawn Gary begin to identify the run just a little bit better. Um, <clears throat> Isaac said he's doing a fundraiser to get Weatherman Jacob Blazer. Um, get him one for Christmas, Isaac. Just go to, should, just go to Goodwill and just get him a blazer. I should have put him <laughs> for Adopt a Family. Um, <laughs> and then the last thing that I have that's a differentiator between the Packers and the Ravens is third down conversion percentage. Um, the Packers are, are getting better in this aspect. Packers are at 41.7%, and the Ravens are at 35%. Ugh. So for me, yeah, yeah. So I want to see the Packers get off the field on third down. Do you want to know why they're so bad and why Lamar Jackson at 70% is such a big deal? If I was the Ravens, I wouldn't even put him out there. You're going to be in the playoffs. The bottom of the AFC picture is absolutely disgusting. And you really only need those bottom teams to lose a couple games. The Colts, they play the Patriots this week on Saturday, so they're probably going to lose that game anyways. They're the closest team that really has a chance to take you out in that wild card spot. 
after that it's the Steelers, and the Steelers are just a mess. They can't figure yeah. out the right time to celebrate and when they're, they're to hurry up. They're right around 500. So. They actually are. They're 6-6-1, six, six and one, so they're just yeah. a little bit above because they tied. How do you tie the Lions? Jesus Christ. At least at least the, the Vikings lost to them like some men. But anyways. <laughs> um, was they got saying? an extra column over the, there in the record. Yeah, right. Um, I would just sit Lamar if he's not going to be at least yeah. 90%. You know, you got to get ready for the yeah. playoffs. You have to win two yep. of these next four, and you're going to be in. I right? mean, the, the Cardinals are doing the same thing with DeAndre Hopkins. They're shutting yeah. him down until the playoffs. So, and they're, ta- they're talking about maybe JJ uh, Watt might be back by the end of the season too. I just I read that mm-hmm. earlier today. So, the Cardinals might be getting healthy. But what I, I mean, was going to say that's is similar to what the Packers are doing too. That they're they're yeah. keeping guys until they're 100. percent You know, they're not going to push guys out at 70, 80. percent They're going to wait until they're 100, percent especially while they're winning. So, I would. And Isaac is 100% right. You blitz Lamar if he's not able to run. He's not going to be normal Lamar where he's juking everybody and running all over the place. Right. At least that's what I'm expecting. If he does and he beats you, then you change up, right? But force him to be a passer. He's still not the greatest pocket presence of all time. There's a difference between him and Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray can actually throw the damn football. I mean, he, he's actually got a talented same with, arm. Same with, uh, same with a Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson's a talented thrower, but they were baseball, you know, infielders, so they understand mm-hmm. the mechanics of throwing. Where Lamar's just kind of an athlete out there with a ball in his hand, you know? He gets the question he, of, of, is he a running back playing quarterback? Yeah, and he's really just a great, amazing athlete. I will never take that away from him, but yeah. will I ever call him a quarterback? He was, Probably not. He was the MVP through the first six weeks. Yeah, basically because of what I said. He was putting this team together with glue and spit and just kind of just making it ride. He was he was doing crazy comebacks. I mean, talk about the Colts, the team that they have the tiebreaker on them because they had a crazy comeback against them. They should have never beat them, but they did. Uh, with that being said, I can't wait to do my weather report, my score prediction. Uh, the pack, this should be, a, should be a pretty you know well-controlled game for the Packers, in my opinion. All right. Do the weather report. Hit it up. All right, weather report. So, I have quotes on this because I got this from the weather app, and these are not my words. Breezy in the morning, otherwise partly sunny, and cooler. A cold afternoon for football. 46 degrees, winds north-northwest at 14 miles per hour, and there's a low of 30 degrees. So, 46 degrees, 30 degrees in that area. That's what we're playing in anyways. There's going to be no precipitation. Mild wind. This is going to be crazy good. That Might sounds, be without Watkins. Sounds like too. good. Uh, has Sammy Watkins ever played a full healthy season? <clears throat> probably not. And he, oh, God. Okay, I'm probably wrong on this, but he's got to be up there in some of the most overhyped wide receivers of all time. And I think his injury history probably has something to do with that too. But he's yeah. really bounced around the league, and he's like, "Oh, Sammy Watkins is good, healthy again," and then he's hurt and he sucks. And yeah, he plays like twenty five percent snaps. I I forgot he was even on their team to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I knew he was there, but I just didn't really feel the need to mention him because even when he plays, he's really not noteworthy. Yeah, um, he he's it, one he of doesn't those guys, concern man. me. You, you know, you, you get enough injuries. Eventually, that injury kind of becomes like who you are. It slows you down, anyways. He's had so many nicks and knacks at this point that he's just—he's just not that good, in my opinion. He's a roster yeah. spot. 
don't yeah. think he's that good. I would take Lazar and MVS over him 100% every day. Yep. Yep. Easily. Easily. All right. Hit me with a score prediction. All right. It's a little bit closer than I may have made it sound, but I predict 34-23 Green Bay Packers. This We won't sweat a lot in this one, I don't think. All right. I... I should have made two score predictions. I should have made one with Lamar and one without. Um, I'm going to say 34-24. Um, and that's that's with Lamar playing because the way that the Packers played last week um, with <clears throat> with Justin Fields, uh, we talked about it in the, in the recap, which I will post later. Um, what I said was you want your defensive line to have contained. So you want it to look like this, not like this. Um, yep. You don't want that those big gaps in there, and w- the the comparison that I made with Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson is they want to run before they throw. So the Packers did a really good job against Kyler Murray because he stays that extra second in the pocket, just trying to find that last read that could get him a potential pass down the field. Uh, Justin Fields is if his first read's not there, he might glance at his second read and then he's taken off. And Lamar Jackson is similar. He, you know, he, he looks at Hollywood Brown. He looks at Mark Andrews. And if they're not open, he takes off. They do a little so, bit of dump offs, but really not as much as they probably should, to be honest with you. And if their and, running backs were healthy, maybe that would be different. They do a little more screen and check down stuff maybe, but um, you know, they've had so many running back injuries. I mean, they're, they're rolling with Devonte Freeman. Who's kind of washed out of a couple teams. I mean, he wasn't good enough for the giants, <laughs> you know, Man. <laughs> That's twice now. God, poor New York Giants. <laughs> poor New York Giants. Uh, Michael Strahan is going to see this one day and be like, God damn it, these two guys. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's up in space and stuff now, whatever. Oh, my God, what a weirdo. Did you see freaking – oh, I got to bring this up now. Shannon Sharp, bro. Did you see Shannon Sharp no. posting on Instagram? Holy shit. No. So somebody was, like, commenting, going crazy at him, right? They call him Uncle Shane shit. And – uh they were like, hey, you going to go to space like uh, Strahan? And he goes, he goes, I got some gummies from Snoop Dogg that make you go to space, but you stay in your house. <laughs> I was like, yeah, baby. <laughs> that shit was fun. Dude, if you don't follow Shannon Sharp on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, you're missing out. That guy is fucking hilarious. I love Shannon Sharp. And he puts Skip in his place all the time, and I absolutely love it because he yeah, is I... a Packers hater. Packers hater, dude. Yeah, I think he's a Wisconsin hater. Yeah, dude, what does he have against us? We're just up here cold as shit, man. It's cold and wet all year long. Give yeah. us a break, man. That's like, cold. The only things we have to look forward to after January are the Bucks and the Packers. Yeah, for real. We get like we get like one like, hot season of like July fourth. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I mean, like like we get like July and August where it's like eighty five degrees and humid as hell every single day, and then. Then it's back to the leaves changing, and then it's just cold for like six Right. Months. We get, like, exhausted because it's so hot up here. And then all of a sudden, yep, yeah, oh, black ice. Got to watch out for that black ice, everybody. Get your salt. Put your salt out, you know. I mean, those are the seasons in Wisconsin. Right. These cowards. Awkward so, cousin. <laughs> all right. Do you, do you have anything else you want to say about the Packers before we switch to basketball? Um. No, but I did. I wanted to point out this comment by Cody. I did see that uh, because Skip was talking about LeBron, 
And yeah. Katie, Katie went at him and said, "I really hate you, man." And I was just like, "Thank you." Yeah, I don't. Said, I'm not. Yeah, a, he said, "I really don't like you." I think he said. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. But I'm not the biggest fan of Katie. But he's gotten a he's gotten a set of balls in the last couple of years here. He's not using burners anymore. Not using burners anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I did. I did, uh, Isaac. We so we were having technical issues uh, in our our recap, and I talked about Lazard. I I told Tyler, you know, I texted him today. I said. Dude, you need to give Lazard some love. I hope he's one of your three stars. And I've been giving him love, man. Yep. He was the first one out on the field, one of the first ones. He was kicking the ball with the, the fans down in the south end zone. I was sitting in the south end zone this time. For the Rams game, I was north end zone. So um, I was giving him some love. I mean, he's a fan favorite around here. He ran a great route on that touchdown. Uh, he played really, really well. Uh, if it wasn't for Devontae and how much I love Devontae Adams, he was clearly our second-best wide receiver, bar none. MVS had a very bad game on Sunday. He dropped that touchdown, and Tyler said earlier, you know, I'm just going to sound redundant when you guys watch the, the recap here, um, he dropped that onside kick. So MVS really didn't have that good a game. I mean, our third-best, he said, nice block for MVS. Yeah, he did. Um, the the third-best wide receiver was Big Dog. To be completely honest with you, after that it was probably Aaron Jones. If we go, no, I might even throw Josiah DeGuara in there. Yeah, I mean, MVS had a bad game, but yeah, Lazard, he balled, man. He balled out. He really, he took all those targets from Cobb, and he just took off like he did last year. He looked like last year Lazard, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, played really well. He looks, he looked healthy, which is good. That's really encouraging to see is is healthy Lazard. So, yeah, Um, Lazard was awesome, man. Yeah, and that's 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 the that's the Lazard we were hoping for coming into the season. That's why I had to wear the Lazard jersey today. But uh, we we talked about it in the in the recap. I'll post it when we're done, um, so you guys can go back and you can watch the recap. Um, but if okay. you have nothing else, Packers. Oh, you do. I'll, do you? you? I'll do, say you one don't. thing. I'll just I'll just say what I said so they can hear it on live. Um, I said you know everybody talks about how the Packers need to draft a wide receiver, and eventually maybe they will, right? But you know, you look at the Packers' talent group as a collective group, right? You got Devontae Adams. He's clearly the best. I mean, he's the best deep threat, short threat, medium threat. He's the best. No debate. It's not even close, right? You got Lazard. He takes all the intermediate stuff. He does the dirty work. He's a great blocker. And he, he's got good – he's a very sure-handed guy normally, right? He was just dropping the ball. It is what it is. Everybody goes through those funks, right? You got MVS. He takes the top off the defense. We know his role on this team. You got that group of tight ends. They kind of all do it all. They all block. They they all get their catches. They're great at the rolling out on those play actions. I mean, those tight ends are great at that, all of them. You know, and Tyler was really praising DeGuara earlier. So, and I agree with everything that he said. And then you got our running backs. You got A.J. Dillon running everybody over. Tyler said earlier he's turning four-yard runs into eight-yard runs. It's crazy, but he really is. You know, the mayor of uh, – of Door County up there. Door County. <laughs> um, and then you got Aaron Jones. We know what he's capable of. He's getting a little bit healthier. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. And then to pull it all together, you got the best quarterback in the league, Mr. the sheriff, Aaron Rodgers, the goat, the boat, whatever the hell you want to call him. We pull it all together. And then you got LaFleur, who's third in coach of the year voting right now, you know, kind of pulling all the strings. And he's really pulling all the right strings. He called a great game. We didn't say that part, but he called a Great game. I mean, that fourth down call, you know, I talked about the Lazard pass. That play was fucking awesome. That was a great play call. That took a set of nuts and Aaron Rodgers and the execution. That was awesome, man. Quick question. 
I know we are Packers fans, but who do you think deserves a number one wide receiver spot this year? Adams or Cup? All right. We actually had this discussion like two weeks ago. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to let you go first. And my my answer was Devontae Adams strictly because he is he is everything. He's he's the obviously it's Rodgers, but he's the MVP of your offense. He's the most valuable player of your offense. Um <clears throat> obviously Rodgers is the MVP of the offense, but um you know aside from your quarterback, Devontae Adams is the MVP of your offense. He's the guy you go to when you need a touchdown. He's the guy you go to on fourth down. He's the guy you go to on third down when you really need a play. When you're, you know, when you're down, when you're down by seven points and you need a big play, Devontae Adams is the guy you go to. Devontae Adams leads the NFL in receptions of 30-plus yards. Devontae Adams is a red zone threat, yeah. is my biggest differentiator. Um, so, I mean, Devontae Adams, his, he's more important to the Packers than Cooper Cup is to the Rams, even though Cooper Cup has, has like, the yardage statistics. Um Okay, Cooper Cup's so. a very reliable player, but um, in my opinion, Devontae Adams is more important. <laughs> hey, that's good for you, James. Um, I'll say this. Cooper Cup needs to be in that discussion of who is the second best wide receiver in the league because the best wide receiver in the league is Devontae Adams. He can jump over you. He can moss you. He runs the back shoulder. He runs the slant. He runs He runs every route, and he catches everything with his hands. He's beautiful. I don't know if you heard my stat earlier. I said it you know, three, four times now. But, you know, he hasn't dropped a 20-plus yeah. yard pass since, you know, 2018. That's crazy. Um, he Devontae Adams is the best. And you pair him with the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion. It's either him or Tom Brady right now. And I'm not going to give Tom Brady that much love on my show, so screw Tom Brady. He is playing great right now. I'll just say that as a disclaimer. Um, but Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady is the best quarterback in the league right now. Mahomes is starting to look a little bit better too, but that's a discussion for later. Uh, Devontae Adams. I mean, the second best wide receiver, though, I'll give you two names. You guys can debate this however you want. I'm not even going to say Hopkins. It's Cooper Cup or Tyreek Hill. You can debate who's the second best. But See, that's that's where you can get into that situation of do you want to discuss who's the best this year and who is the best overall? Because overall, DeAndre Hopkins is still the second best wide receiver. I'd put Tyreek Hill probably number three, and then I'd probably put Stephon Diggs in that conversation. Um, <clears throat> so you can have two two different kind of conversations there. But if we're talking strictly this year, I I would say it's Cooper Cup would be number two, and then Tyreek Hill. So um, Cup is balling, dude. Me personally. Cup, Cooper Cup is having a historic year. I mean, yeah. he's leading in like targets, receptions, yards, touchdowns. But he was really the only mouth to feed. The catch too. Yeah, he was the only mouth to feed. Now look at since OBJ's got there, and not everybody loves OBJ. It is what it is. But he's had touchdowns in three straight games now. He's been balling over there. Let's be honest. So yeah, uh, it, COVID, which we'll we'll talk yeah, about COVID. Giannis or AD? Come on, man. I hey, Isaac, I love you, but. If if you're asking me to pick a dog, there's only one dog in that fight, and that's Giannis. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. That's a great All transition right, so to the Bucks, though. <laughs> that's, that is a great transition. That's exactly what I was gonna say. So let's talk about the Bucks versus Miami game. Um, mm-hmm. Really, a lot of role players stepping up for the Heat in that game. The Bucks lost by nine. Um, <sighs> what do you want to say about the Bucks and the Heat? Jesus. All right. Well. Yeah. <laughs> so I know we have, we have two. We have two good games. Book ended by two really crappy games. Yeah, what the? 
Honestly, this is the first thing I'm going to say about that Bucks Heat game. What the fuck? That's the first thing I want to say, okay? Caleb Martin will never have a game like that ever again in his freaking life. The guy, <laughs> 9 of 12, 6 of 8 from me on the arc. He was yep. he was on fire, dude. 28-8. I mean, he balled out. Lowry had a good game. Lowry is just a good player. As much as he annoys me, 22-13. Yep. I mean, the shot percentages were pretty close, but... The one thing that really, really, oh, my God, this bothered me so much when I was taking my stats and, and recapping everything by myself. Look at the three-pointers. You know, I see you comment all the time about how, you know, everybody complains about the Bucks defense, right? And when yep. you look at it, it really yep. takes a crazy shooting game to it beat does. the Bucks. Say, say what happened with Miami. They shot 22 of 47. They made 22 that's threes. Franchise, that's the franchise record. That is their franchise record for made threes. That team won two championships less than a decade ago. That's whatever, And that's man. their it, franchise record. It's crazy. It's stupid. Um, it takes you, a, it, that happened twice last year. It happened with the Pelicans and the Hornets. It took their franchise record shooting night to beat the Bucks. They only won by nine. Yeah, and Giannis and Chris Middleton shot terribly in this game. And Middleton needed to control the turnovers in that game. And the yeah, Bucks were 12 for 39 on threes. The Bucks shot 31% on threes in this game. And they lost by nine. Well, look at the assist numbers in this game. Do you have that written down? Bucks had 18. And Miami had 32 assists. Yeah. That's too much, dude. Everybody's touching you the wanna, ball. They're all involved. You want to hear more? You want to hear more? <laughs> Yeah, tell Bucks me, tell only me. 16 bench points. The bench yeah. was 5 for 20. Yeah, we're going to talk about bench when we get to the Badgers, night. by the way. So, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, this is this is a rare situation where Giannis had a bad night and Pat Connaughton had a bad night on the same day. Yeah. And Miami <sighs> had a franchise record three-point shooting night, and they won by nine. Yeah. That, I mean, it's one of eighty-two, man. That's how I'm gonna keep looking at these games. It's one of eighty-two. And and people, when we when we talk about moving forward, that's seriously. I'm gonna hammer on that. Um, Drew Holiday, twenty-seven points, um, four rebounds, four assists, yep. 12, 12 to seventeen shooting. So Drew Holiday is playing really well. Um, he added two steals and a block. Bobby Portis, 18 points, seven rebounds, two blocks, two steals. Um, Middleton, despite shooting poorly and turning the ball over, um, still had 26 and four. Um, the Bucks, the Bucks just need better bench play when they have you know a guy like Giannis struggling. It just it was really a perfect storm for Miami to win this game. Um, it really was. Max Struess had 16 points all in the fourth quarter. And then you know when the when the Miami Heat are running a pick and roll with PJ Tucker and Kyle Lowry, like stay with Kyle Lowry. I'm gonna say this again when we talk about the Celtics, but just stay with Kyle Lowry. Let PJ Tucker be open. I agree. And PJ Tucker had his career high in assists <coughs> that game. So and he actually made some threes, so which was weird, but yeah, he didn't want to do that for us last year. I'm not gonna hate on yeah, PJ Tucker. I, st- I still love PJ, but. <laughs> And then turnovers. The Bucks had double-digit turnovers before halftime. Finished with 18 turnovers. So it really, assists, really, really, really took a perfect storm for Miami to win this game by nine points. 
Yeah. It, it's one of 82. That's how I keep looking at it, man. I mean, the Bucks are going to be there in the end. I mean, last year we lost to the, the Rockets last year, and everybody was clowning us, I remember. And it's just like, man, it's just one of 82. I don't care. It is what it is, man. And and the Bucks, they're not going to care about seeding again this year. They're not going to care if they finish with the three seed. Nope. It's, it doesn't matter. Um, Let's just move on. Let's talk about the Rockets game. Oh, the Rockets game. So, first thing I want to do is I want to give some love to a Rockets player, which is pretty weird to say. But Garrison Matthews, I yeah, like that dude. guy, man. Dude, I know. He's... He kept shooting heat checks. They kept going in, and I'm kind of like, I kind of hope he makes it. Bro, he shot from, like, <laughs> damn near half court. I was like, who the fuck? But he, man, he's a tough guy, man. He, You could tell he has that mentality. He just... He lets it fly, man. He's just one of those guys. And he, he was kind of, which is which is fun to see. He was just having yeah, fun. Yeah, and he was he was screaming and playing with emotion. And I I like Garrison Matthews. He yeah, you know when they beat the Bulls for their their like second win or whatever after their like long losing streak, um, he was really the one that hit like the big shots down the stretch for them to beat the Bulls. So uh, I I've been kind of watching him ever since. Next, I watched that entire fourth quarter of that game. But yeah, he he had a crazy game. He shot really really well. Uh, mainly in the first half. He had most of his three-pointers yep. in the first half. But yep. uh, Giannis, man, uh, he had a bad game against the Heat, and he responded with 41 points and 17 rebounds with five assists. And three you don't keep, and two blocks. You don't keep that man down very long. I'll tell you that right now. Um, <clears throat> Chris Middleton had a, had a good game. He didn't shoot well, but 21-8-5. You know, last year we started talking about this. Um, we, we talk about, you know, doing more than just scoring. I mean, rebounding the ball, passing the ball, playing defense. And, you know, it happened in this game. Uh, how many times are we going to see a Drew Holiday steal turn into a Giannis lob, dude? That's my favorite play of Bucks. is Drew Holiday steals it, lobs it to Antetokounmpo, and he throws it down. Easily my favorite play. That's fun. Uh, <laughs> Giannis made Christian Wood look pretty silly with a Euro step in this game. Um, Giannis is showing off the speed and the strength in this game. And mm-hmm. also, um, if you follow the Wisco Fanatics, you would know this. Giannis became the all-time Bucks leader in blocks in franchise history in this game. So um, he got to 805, and you know it'll be 1,000 before you know it, and Giannis will have a, a Bucks record that will never, ever, ever be broken. Um, <clears throat> so that happened. Um, Jake already <laughs> mentioned what he did with his stats. Um, he goes that. So, out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Bucks, the Bucks down by seven at the halftime, a yeah. lot of part due to the shooting of Garrison Matthews. Um, came out with a ten-three run to start the second half. Um, they got the lead about halfway through the third quarter. It went kind of back and forth, um, and then you know, we'll I'll let uh, I'll let uh, Isaac get his question in here. What do you guys think about shutting Middleton down for a while? Seems like he's on and off with injuries. Uh, he actually it hasn't been injuries this year as much. Um, he had COVID earlier in the year, so that's what he mm. was out earlier in the season was with COVID, not injuries. So uh, this is really like his first injury besides, you know, load management type stuff that he's had. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, so back to Rockets. Um, the game went back and forth. Uh, Giannis made a three in the fourth quarter. Again, it gave him the lead. Um, and then just some more back and forth, and then the Bucks, you know, being the the more experienced veteran team, um, close the game out. Um, I gotta say it again, 
Bobby Portis is so good for the Bucks. He's what seriously he does everything. He's rebounding inside game, outside game. He's he's growing as a defender. He's still, I mean, he's a little bit undersized as a defender as far as defending the paint goes, but I mean, he you can tell he's worked on it. Um, yeah, twenty one points and eight rebounds. Drew Holiday didn't pour in the points, but he still had twelve points and seven assists. Um, Cody said they'll talk about it if it's relevant to Wisco Sports. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, we will. I mean, we will. He's not wrong. <laughs> That's what we're Cody, here for. Um, Cody's one of those guys, dude. He'll just say like obvious shit, and I feel like his tone like makes him hilarious. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just says, like, obviously, like, they're going to talk about it. And then just the way he says it, it's just like, I don't know. Cody's <laughs> funny as hell. He's underrated funny, in my opinion. James, I know what game you're which you're exciting for. We're, we're going in chronological order, so we'll get to it. Yes, um, so this game, I mean, Giannis and Middleton are really the closers again. They're The Bucks are really showing that they have two closers. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to say... They, they still need to work on the turnovers. At 15 turnovers, that's that's still higher than I'd like to see them. Um, fast break points in this game. 27 for the Bucks, only 5 for Houston. Um, second chance points, 20 for the Bucks, 22 for Houston. That's okay. Um, and then free throws are other important part of this game. Um, Houston, 11 for 20 on free throws. The Bucks were 24 of 32. Free throws win games. Free throws win games. That's a lot of free throws. (laughs) Um, And then Pat Connaughton had an off game against Miami, and he's back to having a good game. He was six for eight, four or five behind the three-point line, added six rebounds, three steals, and two blocks, which Jake mentioned guys playing defense. Chris Middleton also added two steals and three blocks, so um, in addition to his eight rebounds. So, um, you know, guys contributing really more of a, a team win. And the Bucks got it done. So I don't know if anything else you want to say about the Houston game. No, nah, Houston, uh, Christian Wood looking good over there. Uh, former Buck. And I thought the the pick and roll game with him <clears throat> and, uh, you know, uh, Augustine, I think it was, and um, who am I thinking of? Shooting guard, Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon has yeah. actually improved as a playmaker. He's a guy yeah. that'll be uh, – He's not just a spot up shooter anymore. Yeah, he'll he'll be he'll be a trade deadline acquisition for some title contender yeah, for somebody. Yeah, somebody who can take on his contract. Yeah. So we'll move on to the Knicks game. Um, I don't know if Isaac and Cody want to hold on to some of the info they hear in this, so they can uh, share it with with who they may <laughs> potential Knicks fans or not. But uh, <laughs> what do you want to say about the Bucks and the Knicks? Um, well, first of all, the Knicks fucking suck. Um, they're back to being the Knicks. <laughs> Dude, I'm so sick of them being on national TV just because they're freaking New York, dude. Seriously, it's so annoying. They're bad. Like, they're bad. There's, like, exciting teams the out there. Dude, I, you're reading my mind, bro. <laughs> and I got into an argument earlier this year because I said the Hornets were better. There's exciting teams like the Hornets that yep. don't get any – Showtime on national TV because they're in Charlotte. Dude, show me the Hornets 100 times out of 100 over the Knicks. The Knicks are boring. I don't want to watch Julius Randle shoot 9 of 34. I'm sorry, I don't. His jump shot's ugly, and he's not that great to watch. I'd rather watch LaMelo Ball. 
I'd rather watch Miles Bridges. Like, Miles I'm sorry. Bridges, yeah. It is what it is. Dude, I'm so sick of the Knicks, dude. They're so annoying. You know, it's like in football. They shove the Cowboys down our throats. They shove the Giants down our throats. And the Giants, a New York team, are fucking awful, too. Stop showing me New York teams because there's a billion people living there. I don't care. Dude, Sunday Night Football, the smallest franchise in sports, the Green Bay Packers, you know, with their rivalry with the, the Chicago Bears, they, it was the most watched Sunday night football game all year, I, I believe I saw. You don't have to have these big market teams on there, dude. I'm so sick of that shit. But anyways, this one wasn't nationally televised. This was just on our Bally Sports. And the Milwaukee weird. Bucks. It was an 11 o'clock in the morning game. Which was yeah, weird. it was weird. It was really weird. Um, I honestly felt like this was one of those situations where the Bucks were kind of playing with their food. <laughs> That's how I felt when I was watching this game because the Bucks are just better than the Knicks. Um, yeah. You know, Giannis had a triple-double, 20-10-11. and 11. Uh, Chris Middleton, 24-8-4. Drew had 13-4-5. And, and Bobby Portis added another double-double to his resume this season, 19-10. Um, and 10. You know, overall, I it, like I said, I fi- it felt like the Bucks were playing with their food. And then when they wanted to, they kind of they shot that thing up to a 20-point lead. And that's pretty much they just rested the whole game, it felt like. This wasn't a very exciting game. There was a couple nice dunks by Giannis in this game. He flexed a couple times, so I always like watching Giannis scream. But other than that, I don't really got anything. The Knicks, they just, they're not. They shot 49 threes. This is the last thing I'm going to say about this game, okay? (laughs) Do you guys watch uh, Shaq and Charles Barkley and Ernie Johnson, you know, when they cover the TNT games, Turner Mm -hmm. Sports? Okay, so this is one instance where I, I... 100% 100% agree with Charles Barkley, right? You know, they're from that era where big men reign supreme, and, you know, they talked about it, you know, the Knicks were on national TV. They were talking about how teams shoot, thir- you know, they average 34 threes a game. The Knicks shot 49 three-pointers. Now, the point that Charles Barkley makes, he says, I don't mind if you shoot more threes, but the problem that I have is bums are shooting threes. Not everybody can be a great three-point shooter. And I 100% agree with that. You're going to tell me the Knicks have so many shooters that they shot 49 threes? Kemba Walker is one of their best shooters. He's not even fucking playing right now. So annoying, dude. Yeah. So annoying. Kemba Walker is, he's benched for Derrick Rose, who is playing. Oh, Derrick Rose is balling. He's balling right now. Um, Derrick Rose is absolutely balling. And and he got, I mean, Kemba Walker is being outplayed by Quentin Grimes, who's a rookie. Yeah. That's bad. That's bad, dude. So the Bucks got off to a good start, and they closed well. Uh, they held the Knicks under 20 points in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. Um, jumped out to a 9-1 to lead. Chris Middleton had 16 points in the first half. Um, there was one play. Pat Connaughton ran out to contest a three-pointer, and the Knicks missed it and got an offensive rebound, and they tried to outlet, and Pat Connaughton got back in the play for a steal. That's the kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so Pat Connaughton does that kind of dirty work. Um and he's, you know, he does he does the, those things. Um, Dante DiVincenzo is another one of those kind of guys. Unfortunately, Dante doesn't get to make his debut tonight like he was supposed to, which is a bummer. But, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk about that more. I, I have a lot of info to rattle off about the the health and safety protocols. But back to the Knicks game. Um, the Knicks cut the lead to thirty one twenty six. The Bucks responded with. A nine nothing, fifteen to three run, and push the lead back to double dude. So every time they let the Knicks kind of get that close, and then they push it back up. Um, 
Derrick Rose and Quentin Grimes and Kevin Knox for a little bit there were the only players to really get going for the Knicks. Um, Julius Randle, eight points, two for nine. Um, to Jake's point about guys shooting threes, Julius Randle doesn't need to. No, He's, he should be he can, down low, bro. <clears throat> and take take two steps in. He, he's one of those guys that can shoot that mid-range if he wants it. Yeah, man. <clears throat> he also had seven turnovers, so there's that. Um, you could tell he was getting frustrated and throwing shoulders into guys. And then uh, Evan Fournier. So Jake mentioned, you know, Charles Barkley saying bums shouldn't be shooting threes. Evan Fournier should be shooting threes, but he shot one for seven on threes in this game. He finished with six points. So Here. that's what I would say are the Knicks, arguably their two best players. Combined for 14 points and four of 17 shooting. It's terrible, dude. You know, and all the people are going to be like, why would you take two steps in? It's not a good, efficient shot. You know, that's where you got to take the analytics. And I'm an analytics guy, right? Would you rather a guy shoot a shot that you know he's not going to make? Or would you rather him shoot a shot in his spot where he can make that? I would think analytics would tell you that scoring more points is better. <laughs> it's just me. That right there, that argument is what the Bucks want you to say because that plays perfectly into their hands. So I knew I was going to say this, and I'm going to have this discussion right now. Stop <laughs> complaining that the Bucks allow teams to shoot the three-pointers. That's what they do. That is their game plan. They defend inside out. Why? Because three-pointers are the lowest percentage shot a team can take. You look at teams, they shoot like 70% in the restricted circle. Would you rather have them contesting three-pointers where they shoot like 35% or have them contesting shots at the rim where they shoot twice that? What? I don't, I don't understand how this has been Budenholzer's system since he got here and people still don't understand that the Bucks want teams to shoot the three because it takes a damn franchise record to beat the Bucks by single digits. That's what I mean, they want you to do. I mean, I enjoyed because watching the championship parade lower last percentage. year. I did too, especially when you get into the playoffs where the game slows down and everything's more high intense and there's more pressure. The Bucks want you shooting threes because it's what you shoot the lowest percentage. But, hey, show this. Show this right here. Show this right here. They're exact, they are going to do that. Teams are going to shoot threes anyways. That's just the name of the game right now, man. That's just how it works. And that's, that's the Bucks' game plan. They want you to shoot threes because it's your lowest percentage shot. I swear, I see one more person complain about it on Facebook, and I'm going to lose my shit. It's, You're going to see it. It's not new. It's not new. We just mentioned it last year. It took the Pelicans and the Hornets, like their franchise record shooting nights, just to beat the Bucks. It takes Caleb Martin... Having 28 points is career high to beat the Bucks by single digits on a night where Pat Connaughton and Giannis both shot poorly. And the Bucks as a team only had 18 assists and 30% on threes. Like it takes franchise nights from teams just to beat the Bucks. Right. Stop complaining here's, that the Bucks are even threes. Here's one for James. It takes 42 points from Jason Tatum to beat the Bucks. Yeah, how about that, James? Hmm? Just kidding. Jason Tatum was freaking amazing on Monday night. I'm just going to say that. <clears throat> he balled out, man. He had a really sick Euro step that got a layup, and I was like, oh, shit. I did, that against my, I did that against my own team. I was like, that was nasty as hell, bro. But anyways. Um, last 
last couple things I want to say about the Knicks, and then we'll talk about the Celtics game. Um, Bobby Portis, you already mentioned it in the 19 and 10, added three steals. Chris Middleton added two steals. Um, Giannis has had nine assists four times this year, so he's missed out on a triple double by one assist four times. Um, I still need to work on the turnovers. <laughs> um, and then Rodney Hood had easily his best game in a Bucks uniform right after I yeah. said the Bucks could cut Rodney Hood. Um, I know, I thought that too. <laughs> <clears throat> that being said, looking at the Celtics game, like, yes, Rodney Hood is finally starting to help on offense, but he's. You might as well have a, a folding chair playing defense if you're Rodney Hood. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> so the Bucks, they got off to a good start. And then, like, the end of the second quarter, they let the Celtics go on a 16 to 6 run. And then the Celtics really didn't look back from there. Um, I'll let you say what you want to say about the Celtics. Um, the Celtics game, I mean. <sighs> Well, I'm, I'm looking forward more than backwards at this one. Yeah, I mean, Giannis, 28-3. and three. He had 20 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Uh, this is the game where Chris Middleton, you know, we're getting questions about Chris Middleton. He he hurt his knee, but the positive was uh, he got up under his own power and walked off. So there's that. I'm going to talk about, uh, about that too. Stop being like, stop. Oh, man. Cody, I don't know if you've been watching every episode, but I went crazy on Rodney Hood a couple weeks ago, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, in my head, it might be good if he starts playing a little bit well. He might get some trade value actually if we want to go after a guy oh, like nice. we're going to be facing tonight, in my opinion. Um, but Pat Connaughton, fifteen and nine. Jason Tatum played great, man. He went seven of thirteen from uh, from behind the arc, so. He balled out, man. I'm not going to take anything away from Tatum. Tatum's a great player. He can't, he is capable of these games all the time. That's why everybody's so big on him. Um, ha, 28-3. That reminds me of the Falcons. Yeah. And I, you, uh, said, you, said 20, you said 28-3, and three, so that made him think oh, 28-3. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're welcome. We're talking about your team beating my team, and then I another team you hate. Uh, James is a Saints He's a he's a Saints fan, by the way, so he hates the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, James is a good guy following us. He doesn't James, even have a team. James, I'm glad you're not. I'm glad you're not a Knicks fan, at least. Oh, James, I'd give you the business if you're a Knicks fan. <laughs> oh, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna kill that comment right now. I'm gonna show this. I'm gonna show this. I like showing the comments here. Tatum is my favorite Celtic since Paul Pierce. I hate Paul Pierce. I've always hated Paul Pierce. I'll tell Honestly, you what, though. Like. I don't hate him as a player, but he is a horrible analyst. He's horrible. Oh. I'll tell you what though, he was balling out that one day though. He was just in the in the in the room with a bunch of chicks, man, going crazy, smoking some funny stuff. Man, he was going nuts. And he didn't care that he got fired, bro. He was just like, Man, if I got I got girls with me, I'm good, I got drank with me. Man, he was just he was going nuts. But anyways, I hate Paul Pierce. Um, Draymond absolutely killed him, and I don't like Draymond either. I do, but I don't like Draymond. But I'll never forget when Draymond killed him that one day, man. You ain't getting no farewell tour? You ain't Kobe? Oh, man, he murdered him, dude, when he was on the Flippers. Isaac is a a Packers fan, but also a Lakers fan, so he hates the Clippers. So Isaac will appreciate that comment. But Tatum, man, he's a baller, man. He He can shoot, he can score, he can do it all, man. He said, I liked Paul, but Celtics fans overrated him back then. They really did, man. That's a great debate. They really did, man. He was no, what was he, top 20 maybe, in my opinion, top 20? Where would you rate him? 
like Ooh. at the time or as a Celtic? Yeah, at the, at the oh, as a Celtic, he's like what, like top ten? They've had a lot of really, really That's good players. Still tough, dude. Celt- yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, Paul Pierce. I mean, he he had some. <laughs> yeah, he brought up the wheelchair. <laughs> All right, all right. That's enough Paul Pierce talk. I'm done with it. Um, <laughs> on the subject of Jason Tatum, um, <laughs> you can't you can't go on your screens under a guy like Jason Tatum, especially when he's shooting well. Um, and then you know it just became Jason Tatum's night. It, you know it is what it is. Um, the Bucks were one of seven on threes in the second quarter. The second quarter is really where the the Celtics took the game over. Um, yeah. The Celtics shot 42% on threes. So, I mean, honestly, this is more credit to the Celtics than bad things done by the Bucs. Um, Giannis kept fighting late in the game. Um, Drew Holiday, he's really, really, really improved on offense this year. Yeah. He finished with 20 points, eight assists, and three steals. Um, Bobby Portis, 13 points and eight rebounds. So, I was on Twitter. This was last night. And mm-hmm. I saw somebody make this comparison. Now you tell me how you feel about this. I saw it. I saw, I saw somebody it. say that Bobby Portis was to the Bucks what Rasul Douglas is to the Packers this year. How do you feel about that? I saw you comment on that. I saw that. You were like, oh, you might be onto something there. And holy crap, they really might, dude. They really I might. I like that. I like that, too. I, I like I wish, that too. I should have wrote the guy's name down and, and given him credit, but um, yeah, I saw that on Twitter and I really liked that. So um, I could try to find it again. Pat Connaughton, fifteen points, nine rebounds. The Bucks they just really needed to crank up the defense, and it didn't feel like that ever happened. Um, <laughs> the Bucks scored more points off of turnovers, more second chance points, more fast break points. I mean, all in all, it wasn't really a terrible game by the Bucks. They just outside of the last few minutes of the second quarter, if that. If that goes differently and you go into halftime with a lead instead of being down one, you know, this the outcome could have been different. But um you know, it's just just for a want of defense and then the big run at the end of the second quarter. Um and then Chris Middleton getting hurt. So that's that that is what it is. I don't know if you have anything else you want to say about that. No. It's Jason Taylor <clears throat> played crazy. He had four he put up forty two when uh <laughs> Somebody on your team puts out forty points. You usually win those games. It's just how it goes. Touche. All right. <clears throat> now I have a lot. I have a lot of things that I have written down. Things that I'm going to say. Things that I did research about today. Um, but what do you want to say about the Bucks going forward before I say all the stuff I have? Uh man. Uh, they still got to keep Boogie day to day. It just is what it is. It's how we got to manage him. Uh, we're going to wait for... He's out for personal reasons tonight. Yeah. Um, but still, personally, I still don't think you play him in a back-to-back. You kind of... You got to protect... Sometimes you got to protect these athletes from themselves. So, Boogie's one of those guys, in my opinion. You got to p- protect him from himself. He's had a couple lower leg injuries, and those can be scary. Um, Chris Middleton, haven't really... I couldn't really find anything really crazy. I don't think there's any structural damage that I haven't found, but... Um, yeah. I think you'll be okay. Uh, I have. I am disappointed. I am disappointed about uh, Dante not playing because I was really looking forward to him yeah. playing. But he's in health and safety protocol. Same with Giannis. Same with uh, Wes Matthews. Uh, Samuel Ojale is still out, and 
Brooke, uh, it's been the same same things, kind of beating a dead horse at this point, but Brooke's still out with the back surgery. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, <clears throat> and the COVID is really, really going crazy right now. But uh, mm-hmm. you, I know you have stuff on that. So yep. what do you got, buddy? All right. So I'm going to talk about tonight specifically first because Marcus Cousins isn't out or is is out. He's not playing. Um, the Bucks are rolling into this game with two big men, Bobby Portis and Mamu. So yeah. <clears throat> seriously, if the Bucks lose tonight, don't freak out, please. Please don't freak out and don't do the fire Budenholzer. Don't don't do that. Seriously. Like this is this is where people get like this is if this is the season, it's it's this big chunk. And then, you know, tonight being one game, you get down to a circle this big and people are like, this is where they make all of their points and all of their thoughts and all of their knee jerk reactions and overreactions off of a sample size this big. When the season is this big, that's that's seriously one of the driving things of our show that we want people to stop doing. Jake said it when we talked about the Miami game. It's one of 82. Yes, obviously you need to put games together to win. But seriously, freaking out before we even gotten to Christmas, which is like the like the halfway point of the season. It's kind of a little bit less, but I mean, just calm down. The Bucks are without their two best players. And they have no backup big men. So, I mean, just pump the brakes a little bit on the freaking out that the sky is falling when the guy, the Bucks are missing this many guys. Um, also, before I get to um, guys being out, I want to give credit to two guys. First, Rodney Hood, his last two games, he's averaging nine and a half points, three rebounds, two and a half assists. So, um, like Jake said, maybe driving up some trade value there. And then mm-hmm. the other guy I want to give credit to is Drew Holiday. In the month of December, he's shooting 53% on field goals, 48% on threes, and averaging six and three-quarter assists per game in the month of December. So Drew Holiday is absolutely balling in December. Um, now, all right. Jake kind of mentioned the health and safety protocols, which Dante is in. Um, <clears throat> Isaac, I don't, I personally don't feel that he's solved the big man issue because the Bucks still need a rim protector. Um, that's not what Bobby Portis does. Bobby Portis is a dog, but he's not a rim protector. So there's, you know, they need, they need a, a guy in there to to protect the rim, basically. Um, Jake says it really well when he talks about Brook Lopez about him being uh, one of the best in the NBA at staying vertical. Um, Mm -hmm. and in my opinion, the only guys better than him at being a rim protector and a floor stretcher on the offense, the only two guys in the NBA better at both of those things are Anthony Davis and Miles Turner. Um, so that's, you know, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and I'm not going to hold my breath. The bucks could get Miles Turner, but, um, that's what I would hope. Um, so the bucks do need Brooke Lopez back. Now, going into the health and safety protocol situation, um, it's happening. It's seriously, it's happening everywhere. Um, Cody, I did mention Mamu. Um, he's he's really not a rim protector either. He's more of a finesse than a physicality guy. But um, he's just tall. <laughs> yeah. Um, NFL having tons of COVID issues. The Browns have fourteen players. Jake talked about Odell Beckham Jr. during the Packers. He's got COVID. Um, <clears throat> the NHL. 
is dealing with a bunch of COVID. The Bulls in the NBA are dealing with a bunch of COVID. They have two games postponed this week. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I wanted to mention this because this happened earlier today. The NHL announced that they are ramping up their, their protocols until January 7th. Uh, more daily testing, more masking, and more more distancing. So they're doing that until the beginning of January. Uh, would not surprise me at all. Keep an eye out because the NFL and the NBA are probably going to follow suit. They're probably going to be ramping up all these protocols and stuff. Um, I would seriously, seriously, seriously keep an eye on it in the next couple of days. Um, the NBA and the NFL doing things like this. Um, mm-hmm. The masking, the testing, and the distance. So I wanted to say that. Um, so the other thing I want to say about Giannis before I get into the question that I was asked today um, and a conversation that I had with a fellow Bucks fan about the health and safety protocols, um, I want to say Giannis is finding his challenge. Um you know, Giannis, he talked about <clears throat> in the article that he did with The Athletic about always wanting to find the next challenge. First, it was, you know, getting better. He won the most improved, and then he won MVP, and now he's got a championship. Um, he's talked about it. He wants – he's got to get better. I got to get better. I need to be better. Uh, when teams pack the paint against him, that's how Miami was able to, to force him to struggle, basically. Um so that's that's something that's a, a basketball IQ thing that he's going to figure out as he as he grows and progresses. Um, so that's that's Giannis's challenge. He talked about finding his challenge, and that's what it is for Giannis. So um, now, health and safety protocols. All right, I did my best to research this the best I could. All right, <clears throat> okay, so unvaccinated players when you are on unvaccinated in the NBA, the NBA has a 95% vaccination rate. If you are unvaccinated, when you're at home, you have to stay at home. When you're on the road, you have to stay in your hotel. You're not allowed to go to bars, restaurants, clubs, none of that. Um, <coughs> Giannis is vaccinated. Not all of the Bucks, but um, Lazary said the vast majority of the Bucks are vaccinated. And when you enter the NBA's health and safety protocols, which can either be for close contact or testing positive, um, if you test positive, it's 10 days or two negatives in 24 hours. And that's for vaccinated. If you're vaccinated and you have those two tests in 24 hours, you can come back. So if Giannis tests positive or um, negative today and negative tomorrow, you could potentially play this weekend. Otherwise, you know, if he's he's vaccinated, so he's potentially able to come back sooner. Um, Wesley Matthews, I don't know. Dante DiVincenzo, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> so those guys potentially out up to the next 10 days. Um, the Bucks play six games in the next 10 days. They play Indiana tonight. They play New Orleans. They play Houston, Cleveland, Dallas, and then Boston again. Those six teams have a combined winning percentage of 438. Ugh. So, yeah, I mean, the Bucks have some winnable games coming up here. And then, now this is something, this comes into effect on Friday. Uh, the NBA has had this deadline set up. Um, December 17th, if you don't have the booster shot um, for vaccinated players by Friday, then you have to get tested on game day. So, 
Um, that's already one of the protocols that was set forth um, previously. And like I said, with the NHL ramping up their protocols, I would seriously, seriously, seriously expect the NBA and the NFL to follow suit. I just got something from ESPN right now on my phone. Uh, it says the two organizations are discussing more COVID-19 testing amid increase in positive cases. This is the NBA and NBA Players Association. So they're talking about uh, discussing more yep. COVID-19 testing, increasing positive. Yeah, I actually so. just got same thing from um, Yahoo Sports. NBA and the union considering modifications to COVID-19 protocols with rising number of players sidelined. So, yay, toot my own horn. Um, (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, I mean, seriously, expect expect that or, I mean, they're going to have to postpone games again. That's going to be crappy, but, I mean, it's already happening to the Bulls, and I think it's going to happen with the Nets that some of their games are going to get postponed too. Um, Yeah. So it's going to go back to being a little more strict on the protocols so that they don't have to postpone games. Um, and especially, I would expect the NFL to also do that because if they postpone games, as we get closer to the postseason, it's going to get real difficult to to schedule all of that. NBA yeah. is still in the first third-ish of the season, so they can kind of mm-hmm. control that a little bit better yet. <clears throat> All right. I hope that answers Matt's questions. I, that's who I was talking to today, my fellow Bucks fan. So, um, I was the best I could find. I mean, if you're vaccinated, 24 hours, two negatives is what you need. So, um, what I will say is with Chris Middleton, um, Budenholzer was asked about it. He said the positive indications are injuries not too serious. Um, he's actually listed as questionable for tonight. So, um, you know, whatever. You know, he's not going to play, but just the fact that he's listed as questionable and not out is is an encouraging sign, in my opinion. Yeah, it's positive. All right. You have anything else you want to say about the Bucs before we talk about the Badgers? Uh, It would really suck to not have Giannis on Christmas Day. But other than that, no. Yeah, and that's that's the 10th day, so Mm -hmm. we'll see. I'll be I'll be looking forward to the Packer game that day too. So we'll at least have a consolation prize. <laughs> yeah, thank God. And hopefully that, we right? get Bakhtiari that day. So we'll get we'll get somebody back that day. Hopefully Jair too, man. Jeez, we got so many things to look forward I'm, to. I'm but... hoping Jair is back this week, but yeah, he would be a good Christmas present too. All right, so let's talk about Badger basketball. Um, <sighs> we have one fun game to talk about and one not fun game to talk about. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's talk about well, last Wednesday. So, the Bucks played Indiana. Um, Badgers. The college. Oh, sorry. Duh. I was thinking about Bucks <laughs> Indiana. Uh, the Badgers played Indiana, the college version. Uh, they yep. won 64-59. And, you know, I tried to tell everybody about Trace Jackson uh, Davis going into this game. Yep. He's uh, their best player, big man. And he ended with 9.6 rebounds. And he shot 4 of 10. So we held him in check. Uh, how we got down 22 points? Uh, <laughs> everybody else was scoring. Because clearly he wasn't scoring. Yeah. And, you know, uh, nobody on the Badgers was shooting with confidence in the first half. It was really yeah. bad. You guys were just yeah. jacking up shots that were hitting the side of the backboard and not touching the rim at all. Yeah, it was, it was, that was, that was rough. Um, we were down 42-25 into the first half. Um 
But they held Indiana to 17 points in the second half while we scored 39. So, I mean, the defense really got amped up. Uh, Johnny Davis hit one of the coolest three-pointers I think I've seen a Badger hit in a long time. That was nice. Uh, The corner where his leg kind of got hit a little bit and – the crowd was going crazy. Had, that was a sweet three-pointer. He had two absolutely nasty dunks in that game. Yeah, he did. With the left, too, left boy. Handed. Both of them. Two of them were yeah. left-handed. Damn. Yeah. The the first one was sick, bro. Driving. He was actually driving on Trace Jackson Davis, uh, Indiana's best player. And he just yammed on him with the left. And I was like, let's go, baby. Um, talking about Johnny Davis, he is going to be out tonight, by the way. Um, I just got an, an update on my phone. So he's out tonight. Uh, who the hell did we play again? I forgot. Um, Nichols State. Yeah, Nichols State. So if we can't beat Nichols State, uh, even without Johnny Davis, we got some issues. Um, yeah. But it's kind of a bummer. It, he's listed as sick, but they say it's not COVID-19 related. The Badgers um, basketball team has dealt with the flu a lot. Um I think they were missing three guys against um, Ohio State. There's a flu going on with the Badgers. Well, Johnny Davis has definitely got it then. Uh, Yeah, he's going to be out tonight. But uh, I wanted to point out uh, two players uh, in this Indiana game. First of all, Tyler Wall, 7.12 rebounds and three assists. That's a pretty good game from him. Uh, We need him to start scoring more. Uh, We need him to start shooting with confidence. We don't need him to shoot threes, but – we do need yep. him to score. Um, he has to go yep. down low, and he has to score. And Crowell, zero rebounds. That is absolutely uncalled for, man. <laughs> you are not going to be that damn tall and not grab one, Roy Hibbert, okay? That's not happening. <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. That's a good one. <laughs> That's what I thought of when I, I was. When I was That's a good one. I was like, zero <laughs> rebounds, dude? And he's huge. He's easily one That's of the tallest awesome. players on the team. So. Yeah. Um, him getting zero rebounds, yeah, absolutely uncalled awesome. for. He has to get that physicality, man. <laughs> you like awesome. that one. Uh, but <laughs> awesome. other than that, Voight was awesome. Uh, he was awesome down the stretch and bringing his comeback uh, win for Wisconsin. So other than that, it was just a good old-fashioned Badgers. Yeah, which is really not exciting to watch at times. <clears throat> uh, we talked about some of the games that the Badgers have gotten off to slow starts. And in this game, they got off to a hot start, and then they were down really big. Um, just the shooting just went ice cold. It was a lot of one-on-one while you're standing watching somebody dribble the ball. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, nobody shooting with confidence. That's what I mentioned. And then Indiana kept building their lead by getting guys to go for pump fakes. The Badgers are being over-aggressive going for pump fakes, um, not recovering on screens. And, you know, there's some some interesting stats that I had with this one. Um the the 22 point lead was the biggest uh deficit any D1 team has come back to win from this year. Um mm-hmm. so Jordan Davis hit a 3 to cut the lead to single digits and Johnny hit the crazy 3 to get the lead back. Um Davis only made 3 field goals but they were all at really important times. Um and then he played really tough defense late. Chucky Hepburn <clears throat> and Tyler Wall blocking shots late in that game allowed the Badgers to finish this game on an 11-0 run. Um, I was switching back and forth between the Bucks game and this game, and thankfully I was able to switch back to this game to watch the end of it live, and it was really awesome. They they went a 16-2 run 
from just under the six-minute mark. And then Chucky Hepburn didn't score the whole game, hit four clutch free throws late in this game. And, you know, you just mentioned Johnny Davis not playing. Maybe tonight will be a Chucky Hepburn breakout game. Would be kind of cool. Um, that would be nice. <coughs> Johnny Davis was the man. He was 23 points, nine rebounds, six of seven on the free throws, made the late three. Um, the rest of the Badgers starters only had 24 points. And then um, the Badgers were five for 23 on threes. They lost the rebounding battle, lost the assist battle, but they won this game with fundamentals. They were 15 of 18 on free throws. Indiana was only six of 13. And then Indiana had nine turnovers. Wisconsin, only four. That's so only Wisconsin four turnovers and making 15 out of 18 free throws. That's that's fundamentals winning the game for you right there. So that was encouraging. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and the Badgers got the win. So in addition to, you know, Davis having two nasty dunks. Um, Brad Davison is averaging 18 points over his last three games. Going into the Ohio State game, he was named the Big Ten Player of the Week. Mm-hmm. And what do you want to say about the Ohio State game? All right, I'm going to rip in the shreds a little bit. <sighs> EJ Liddell is easily one of the best players in the country. Uh, that guy is, he's good. He can he can ball. Um, I was giving credit to Tyler Wall, uh, playing good defense all season long. He played great defense in that Indiana game. You talked about it down the stretch. He got owned by EJ Liddell. Man, he was he was bodying him up. He was not afraid of contact. He brought the contact to him. and He made a he, couple good plays, but not enough to equalize. Yeah, uh, EJ ended with 28-9, 11 of 16. So I'm going to break this down a little bit for you. Johnny Davis had 24-7-3, right? It's a great game. Uh, Brad Davison at 13-5. That's 37 points. The rest of the team had 18 points. Everybody else. So the starters, right? That's, that's Tyler okay, Wall. That's, a, that's nuts because that's a pie chart of three equal pieces. Two of them are two guys, and mm-hmm. one piece is, what, 10? Yeah. So Ohio State had 20 bench points. Wisconsin finished with 10 bench points. Tyler Wall, 1 of 7, 0 of 3. He had 3 points, 1 rebound, 2 assists. Steven Crowell, 0 of 3, 0 of 2 from 3-point range. He had 0 points and 2 rebounds. So in two games, he had 2 rebounds. He's averaging a rebound a game last week. And Chucky Hepburn was 2 of 8, 1 of 5 from 3. He had 5 points, 3 rebounds, and 1 assist. So there's your 8 points from the rest of your starters, right? And then the 10 points on the bench, that's your 18 from the rest of your team. That's absolutely awful. When Johnny Davis is putting up 24. Davis is doing his part, 24-7-3. He did his thing. Davison were the only things that kept this game remotely close for a while. Yeah. And then in the second half, they played they played better defense. So Greg Gard probably screamed yep. at them all at halftime, and then they played better defense in the second half. But, um, you know, eventually it ended up being, you know, too much. Um, after the first five minutes of the second half, they stopped playing defense. They stopped getting back on defense. It happened to Tyler Wall a couple the, times. He was the last player back across half court. The um, big man from Ohio State, man. He had a couple big dunks. That really yep. finished this game off. He had one nice two play too, where he kind of flipped the ball behind him and it bounced off of Volt's foot. That's he got lucky on that. But yeah, um, but I mean, you know, he 
got into the place to even have a play on it. But yeah, I um, mean, yeah. <coughs> this, I mean, this game is—it's it really just Brad Davis, Brad Davison, and Johnny Davis are the only, the only good things I can say about this game. Honestly, yep. um, Jacoby Neath and Marcus Ilver were back for this game. Neither of them were impressive. Um, Lauren Bowman was still out. Um, but I mean, this was really bad because I know we talked about it. There was so much dribbling with the back to the basket, whether it was Tyler Wall or Vote or Crowell, just, just pounding the ball into the ground and just hoping that eventually your guy is going to let you get a layup. And it led to a couple turnovers. And it led to a lot of missed shots within five feet of the basket. And you just you just can't miss those shots if you're gonna be taking four, five, six shots a game for those three. If you're getting open jump hook shots or you know or basically layups, I mean you just gotta make those. I mean yeah. we, we came into the season wondering if any of the, the Badgers big men outside of Tyler Wall, we're going to be effective. And, you know, we've seen a little bit of flashes here and there, but mm-hmm. no consistency whatsoever. None at all. All right. I don't know if you want to say anything about the, the Ohio State games or the Indiana game. I just have a couple takeaways that I'm going to throw out there. Uh, <clears throat> they just shot poorly uh, when Mikey was on here. Um we did our preview for the season. Uh, he, he he talked, uh, you know, the shooting was going to be rough. But over the course of the year, you put guys in situations and you kind of hope that it just it works out. So uh, Davis being out, this will be the second game he missed. Um, hopefully that will put guys in positions that they've never been in before and it will be a learning experience for everybody. That's all I'm hoping for, really. <clears throat> so the last two things that i got to say, uh, the lack of three-point shooting, it's it's – blatantly apparent um chucky hepburn made a three with four seconds left and that was the only three by somebody not named brad davis or brad davison or johnny davis yep and then the last thing i gotta say about johnny davis is he has three straight games of 20 points and he has 15 or more in all nine games so far for the badgers this year he's, he's balling he's the real he's deal. the man he's 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 definitely he's a lot of basketball this year <laughs> He is a lottery pick. He is that talented. He can score the ball, man. That's all I know. All right. Well, tonight is the only game that the Badgers have before next Wednesday. So go Badgers, go Bucks, go Packers, and we will be back next week. Yes, sir. Have a good night, buddy. All right. See you next week. Later, man. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.